This is the Beyond the Studio podcast, and you're listening to Season 3, Beyond the Studio East Coast Edition. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller, and we're here to help you figure out the business of being an artist. Here we'll have honest conversations with artists, makers, and business experts, and dive deep into the work that happens beyond the studio. If you find value in listening to these conversations, please consider leaving us a rating and a review or sharing some of your favorite episodes with your creative community. It's the easiest way to show us some love and help others find the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Before we get started with this week's episode, in case you missed it, this is part two of a two-part conversation. I highly recommend going back and listening to part one where we talk about Hibba's backstory, her experience kind of in grad school. We talk a lot about emails, which was surprisingly really helpful and cathartic. So that's sort of where we're coming from before we get started into this episode. So here's part two. Now that we've thoroughly covered all of our email habits, <laughs> this is a complete segue, but you had mentioned when you first entered graduate school as sort of thinking of it like a long-term residency, and I know you've also done other residencies throughout your time here, and so I was curious to talk a little bit about that and just what those experiences have been like. You know, do you enjoy residencies? Are there elements of that that you bring into? And it sounds like your your um, schedule these days is like a, a sustained residency, which is really wonderful. But what has what has that been like for you? Yeah, I love I love residencies. Um, I try to do at least one a year. Um, I canceled this year because of uh, COVID. Yeah. I'm so depressed about that. Um, but that's life. I did think about it. I was like, well, I have a full-time studio and I'm paying rent for it. And it's not like I have so much work there. It's not like I can, you know, sublet it and go away for a month. Uh, but I feel like for me, a residency is kind of invaluable in the way that I'll choose a place which has a few trees. This is very important um, because after the mind mush of, Brooklyn I just like sometimes I just like my mind just needs to see something beautiful I really need to know that like while I'm going on this permanent residency of working 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 I'll have a second where I can be somewhere really really beautiful and work 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 um what I love about residencies is that it gives me usually unless I'm doing a totally isolated one it'll give me like a sort of a sense of community which I don't have in my day-to-day because I do work almost entirely alone like sometimes I'll hire a studio assistant for a project or an installation but it'll it won't be a long-term thing so it's just me every single day uh, and at residencies there are other artists, which is really nice. You can have meals together uh, and like, you know, sit on picnic benches and talk about art and like do all this other stuff, which is really great. But also when you leave the studio and you're creating in a new space, something shifts because you've left your comfort zone. So I feel like even as an artist, when I'm working, I can, I can get into a rut all by myself and 
and just like keep going in this one direction without without like really thinking about what I'm doing or like just kind of being in some weird flow and when I go away everything shifts because the paintings that you're working on are gone you're starting from scratch there's nothing there it's an empty room which is to me is like so intimidating if anyone has seen my studio <laughs> I keep it really full um and then there's like a pressure to make work because I need to fill up the empty space immediately. I feel like there's like an accelerated growth which happens for residencies for me and I usually always try to make like think that I'm, I might chill out a bit and I never really do. I just like work, work, work. Um, although that might change after COVID. Uh, but I, I find that really important, even though I do have a full-time studio, I find the, the shift really important and just like kind of having a break from my life because anything you do, anything you do every day, as you know, Nicole, is it's like a job, right? Like it comes with its own set of things if you are working like full-time in a place. Uh, no matter how much you love it, if it's, if it's your own company, if it's your own practice, it's still like, if you're disciplined, it's like a job. Uh, mm-hmm. And then having that bit of separation from it, it just like shifts your mind a little. So I really like that. I would always recommend to any artist, you know, whether full-time or working artists or you know teaching artists like if they have a month or two to take a few weeks and just like go somewhere different and paint or sculpt so (laughs) I'm so inspired to try to get to do a residency at some point because I haven't done one yet and Nicole has done uh a couple of them. I know Nicole also was at the Vermont Studio Center for a residency. And I think I remember reading that you had gone to one in Wasaic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a couple of my close friends did that residency as well. And they were like, it is so beautiful. You should do it. Um, but now I, well, post COVID, I'll, I'll put that on my to-do list to go do a residency because I, I work from home in a home studio. And it is really hard to have that kind of separation and because my art work is like kind of it's a a business that I've created for myself it's it doesn't feel like art making very much it feels like a job and I always say I'm like the worst boss I've ever had because I don't I'm not understanding I'm not empathetic of with myself it's just like do the work show up if you're not being productive you're wasting your time but I think having the opportunity to be somewhere where you have the freedom to kind of approach it however you need to could be a nice little little kick in the tush for me. <laughs> for sure. Like I loved I loved Vermont Studio Center. I mean I think the great thing about being there was I mean firstly, let's talk about the food. Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly good for anyone that's never it's it's like cafeteria style, but I actually worked in the kitchen. So part of the some of the artist grants they have, yeah, involve working at the residency. So that was just such a wonderful way to get to know other other residents because you're you're serving them food as everybody comes in and the meal times are all like designated so it's like you're in a summer camp or school where everybody eats breakfast lunch and dinner at the same time 
It's definitely the most organized, uh, the best food. I mean, everything is taken care of. They have, it's like run like a, a real institution. And there are so many uh, residents and you can really kind of find your people there. And I think like Vermont Studio Center people have friendships which go on for a really long time. And Vaseke is so different in the way that it's a much smaller program and you're at least when I was there we were living in in two different houses and that was it and uh, now they have really good pizza at the lantern but before they used to have frozen pizza but now the Roberta's pizza and Brooklyn people are at the lantern and they by the way oh I can't even I don't I, I don't know how to drive so for me um, that can be a little tricky in a place like the sake I'm kind of dependent on everyone else Whereas in Vermont Studio Center, it's right next to such a busy street and you have like the post office and everything. So yeah, that was like Vermont Studio Center was very, very special, I thought, in in that way that it was so organized and I literally did not. I mean, even like to the fact, and I'm really impressed by this, I don't know why, but they had cereal in the kitchen left for residents who needed to snack at night and they had 24-hour coffee and that is not available at any residency anywhere so um, yeah you can never underestimate the need for late night coffee and snacks I I feel like that's when I do most of my consuming right yeah so like they were both uh, so different. I did this amazing residency, uh, which is for women upstate, uh, called Stoneleaf Retreat. If uh, you want to try it, maybe next summer. They only take residents in the summer because it's Helen, her husband, and they have the cutest baby, Harry. And um, they have like a lot of land and they have their home and right in front is a little house for residents. And they have a beautiful like lake uh, which you can walk to and a raft or you can swim there, like a swimming hole, um, really nice studios. And Helen used to, she was a director of Pulse, the art fair, and then like later on a print fair. And she's like an extremely lovely human. And this is just something they've kind of done on their own. Like her husband was saying when she saw the place, this this bit of land, because they used to go upstate a lot. She was like, this is it. We're going to call it Stoneleaf. We're going to live here. We're going to have residence here. That's going to be their house. My dad is going to come. We're going to fix up the barn. <laughs> and, um, you know, they do it like at a personal cost. And it's just really kind of more like a retreat than Vermont Studio Center, which is much more organized, but with art people and, uh, but a smaller group and really beautiful. I had a really nice uh, time there last summer. And then before that I went to a kind of like a off the beaten path kind of residency with the Dean Collection. They have a residency called Dreamland in Arizona which has no website. <laughs> so um, sometimes they invite the artists they collect to just like go stay there. And so I, I stayed there for a few weeks and it was just really nice. Uh, they have the garage all ready for residents to, to paint and papered and 
kind of have the house to yourself and it's a beautiful home so it's completely isolated but if you really want to get something done in isolation it's it's nice so yeah there's so much stuff out there um i would say like just go i know hearing you talk about the these experiences sounds so lovely it's just making me crave being out in a nature retreat or being able to travel again and definitely once once this is done i think starting to reapply to some places sounds like a good idea yeah I had been at the beginning of the year kind of fantasizing of like, what if we could create some kind of like retreat with the podcast or like, what if maybe like trying to do things in person is my goal for 2020, which obviously that's just not the way it is. But one day, one day there will be residencies in our future. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that would be so interesting if you because if you already have a platform, I'm sure that you could find even people to partner with you to give you the space for it and that like slowly grow a larger community of people who are kind of a part of the program but I mean things are things are meant to grow and change and yeah like one of my goals this year was to travel for for leisure which I never do and here we are (laughs) So, no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would say, but I still think that it's, it's like a, a really cool idea. I mean, it's obviously, it's not the easiest thing to accomplish, but the way I see it, like if Helen and her husband could build up their house and, you know, just start it in a, in a way, there are like so many different ways to go about it. Like even, I don't know, potentially partner with a hotel if, if, um, I guess if COVID is is rampant, there might even be like hotels or like guest houses or institutions or spaces which have such low traffic that they would be kind of into this idea of starting something or giving something away or attracting more people to them. I don't know, just, just a, a thought. I'm in whenever you're ready. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be sure to, to yeah. let you know when, when in-person things can be some kind of a reality. I mean, it's like a a complete, uh, like, I had an idea that I've done no research to figure out the logistics of, like, how that could actually happen. Amanda and I are on opposite coasts, too, so we'll, we'd have to meet in the middle somewhere, like, I don't know, Ohio or Texas. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like... Everyone will get a residency. You'll get one. You'll get one. The artist will get one. It'll be amazing. It'll be like, it could be like a once a year retreat. I don't know. Like, it could be so many. I think like the best, some of the best ideas just come from, are, are literally that. It's something that's in your mind. And then we kind of pick and choose. Well, this is possible or this is not. I mean, I really had no idea what it would mean to live in another country or what it would mean to be a full-time artist and they were such spontaneous decisions and honestly like no regrets I've I've put more thought into buying cereal which has (laughs) been tasted really bad at the end of the day because it was too weird to eat what cereal was it what was the the bad one it was probably like either 
something which sounded really healthy and I'm like this is going to be so good for me and then I tasted <laughs> it and I was like oh goodness never uh and then it stayed in the cupboard until someone <laughs> someone by someone I mean my husband was like why is this here for 5 years are you collecting cereal and then he threw it out but yeah so some of those like gut gut ideas are are really important and they can like take you places um and sometimes i think it's just kind of about having an idea or having like a thought in the back of your mind and then you end up in these different situations life situations um in that moment you kind of figure out how to make it work and it's not even that you have to be like oh i want to do this and then be like oh but i need like a plan and i need to make 20 phone calls and send all these emails but you can just like kind of be like i think i want to do this and then just see it fall into place and sometimes i don't know i feel like that works too yeah and realistically that's how nicole and i started the podcast i mean yes i am you know privileged to be married to an audio engineer who can help me figure out the logistics but i'm still the one that does all of the editing and like i didn't go to school for that and there are a lot of things that if you have an idea you have access to the internet like you can probably figure out a way to make it happen and i don't know i think also as artists we have so many ideas that are constantly going through our heads of like here's a great project or here's a big fantasy or here's a total career shift change that i may want to do later in life like i think we're so easily inspired and we just have all these things that we're interested in trying and who knows how or when or if those things come to fruition but it's really nice being able to take the time to kind of fantasize about the different possibilities and knowing that as an artist you can kind of go in whatever direction you choose and figure it out yeah i think we're all kind of like artists are kind of blessed in a way where we have these strange lives and for us they're so normal like because this is what we do we like have ideas we get inspired we create we try to inspire other people you know we rally we we communicate and but when you think about it like our lives have this like this certain fluidity and this magic uh where we are kind of creating every day as we go along and I think that's really kind of a gift. I know that you know it comes of course with its set of challenges, but can you imagine? Like can you imagine doing anything else? Like not no. Not like creating your life on a regular basis. Um my dad was so against it cuz he said you don't want to be an artist because he was an artist. Uh but that's not why he said it. <laughs> yeah, he he worked in television eventually, but he was initially a, a painter. He's like, "You don't want to be an artist because every day you're going to be struggling and every day you're going to have to come up with a new idea and that idea is going to have to be better than the last idea and you're going to have to figure out how to execute it and there are no days off. You're going to have no days off and there's no stability and there's no money. So you don't want to be an artist. Go work in a bank." That's a really great way to make me be an artist. Uh, uh, but he was like, now that I think about it, he was obviously so right. Like we have no actual stability. But I think with that no stability, we've like built we're like building this amazing inner stability which 
which is um which is kind of amazing like just which is kind of carrying us in a way even through this extremely turbulent time um is how kind of how i see it i think like there's it's such a blessing oh, that was so beautifully said and i think i think this year especially has really shown me that you know all these ideas of like you're saying stability and predictability and all of these things being kind of a guaranteed or given or even something that we can you know rely on that's outside of ourselves is really just an illusion of sorts and so really having to take that look inward and I do feel like it's it's been really wonderful to talk with artists especially during this time because I think that you know we are uniquely equipped to be able to navigate this because that is what artists do every day in the studio is to you know create that new reality and to you know sit within that space of uncertainty and I, I just love the way that you describe that and it's it is such a gift to to be able to do that and to practice that that mentality and approach your life in that way, not just your what you're making, but it really is a sort of a life philosophy of sorts. Yeah. Embracing the uncertainty as you called it, which can be so crippling for a lot of people and even for us like on our bad days um i'm like a a bottomless bit of insecurity like, just as, as a human female i don't know if either Same. you can relate <laughs> there you go um yeah that can be really hard and i feel like being an artist really helps me develop this muscle where I should be terrified, you know, every time I put a painting out there. Uh, and I know, like, a lot of artists, a lot of people who could have been artists as well and who chose not to probably didn't because there's so much uncertainty and also about how people receive you and your work. And, you know, there's, like, this fear of not being accepted and you're putting, like, your most vulnerable inner part, like, on a canvas or on a drawing or on a whatever it is that you do or you create in whatever way even with this podcast i mean it's something that you're creating and you're creating it for an audience and it's going to be received right and there's like for me there's like there was always that that like fear of rejection and i don't know getting getting past that and then like and also dealing with it like in a very direct way i think really builds that that muscle of going through uncertainty like we're going through kind of in all our lives right now um it's not like we we're going we can go somewhere and someone is going to be like you did a good job <laughs> like no <laughs> art review in the history of the world has ever said that <laughs> Yeah, if you're going into art expecting positive feedback, it might not be the right field for you. Because the art world is definitely what built my endurance for like criticism and negative feedback. And it's not usually constructive. Sometimes people just tell you they don't like it and they won't tell you why or, or anything. But you learn to develop a bit of a thick skin and you're like, I make the work for me and of course I make it for you because I want people to see it but I it's not going to affect 
the way that I make work if you don't like it <laughs> necessarily. It's so important because I think as as artists, like one of the most damaging things, because we all have our own voice and our own vision, one of the most damaging things we can do to ourselves is try to change for another person because the world changes in a second like we've seen and the market changes in a second the galleries close down and reopen in a second and so as artists today we start trying to cater to another human or an organization or an industry and that's still going to change like whether it's this year next year in five years uh, it's going to change and it's going to leave us in a place if we change for it uh, where we kind of did all that like for no reason i feel like when you can kind of stay strong in your own voice you can you can take that rejection and you can take the instability and you can take like people saying why are you doing this you're so shameless <laughs> whatever whatever they want to throw at you you can take it because because that's your real integrity lies in your voice, right? So whether it's unsellable, whether you don't know who wants it, whether you don't know what's gonna happen with it, whether you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, and you can stay strong in that. And I know like a lot of money people will disagree with me and they'd be like, please change. Um, if you don't change, I think in the long term, that's better. Just because I feel like so many people, so many artists, probably have been so affected by constantly trying to like move to the whims of the world and the market and what their collectors want. I want this, but I want it as a print, but I want it in blue and it should match my sofa. I mean like, Jesus, please oh help God. me. Yes. Uh, and at some point you're like, no, well, you're going to get this. It's going to be a painting. It's going to be pink. I'm sorry. It's not going to be blue. It's not going to be a print and it's not going to match your sofa. It's probably going to be larger than your sofa. But, you know, like, I, I don't know what else to say. You kind of have to do it because if you don't do it, I feel like you lose yourself or at least I'm like kind of fragile in that way that like if I if I feel like I have to compromise, I get like so antsy um and i think this is like one of uh, amanda can, is shaking her head because she can probably understand this because she's been working from home and hasn't had to answer to anyone in a long time but it gets like worse <laughs> if you work for yourself like you become like so rigid and to to the point of negativity uh to the point where it probably doesn't even serve you anymore but you kind of like grab like you like grind into it and you're like this is me take it or leave it yeah no it's it's a it's a struggle and I mean hopefully COVID has taught me some lessons on having better balance with myself and my work life and I mean hopefully a lot of us have been able to find some better balance um yeah I don't know it's it's a daily journey some days I do okay and some days I don't and I think that's just part of accepting life and the arts <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean things change in a second like i never thought that i would choose to not have a job like a part of me until even a year ago was still in this space where i was thinking well firstly it was like a thing where i was like if i'm 
not employed by anyone for a long time. Literally, I become redundant and then no one will want me in like three years, right? Then I hit the five-year mark and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> now what's going to happen? And a few opportunities came along and I was so tempted and I really had to think about it in the way that acknowledge that maybe even if I if I don't make it as an artist to the level I need to to sustain this or if things don't get better tomorrow or if like my career doesn't go the way it needs to go I hope I have really good friends <laughs> who will take care of me but I'm like not I'm not going to do this right now but I think also because my life has been so different at different times i think one thing that also shapes us is our circumstances sometimes we need to work and sometimes we need like there was a time i had three jobs and i needed all three of them and um mm-hmm. sometimes you know we can we can be okay with the instability or at least be in a mental place where the instability is okay and sometimes it's it's not so i think everyone has to kind of find i don't know their own their own way i feel like there's too much glamorization of being a full-time artist you know like if you're a part-time artist that's not enough you're still most people who are not full-time artists are still putting in full-time hours at the studio even if they are like i mean Kara yeah, walker is a professor she's not not a full-time artist right so people are still putting in that that time and energy just like there's like uh like a glorification of are you represented mm-hmm. you know why does everyone have to follow the same path said the girl who's working with a gallery right now or if she's <laughs> trying it out but i just feel like you shouldn't have to do it right like it should be it should be a choice and it shouldn't be like such a big deal if it's not your choice uh or if you want to wait for the right person like how is being married to a gallery different from being in a partnership with a human you're like you have a lot of your mental health depends on it <laughs> a lot a lot <laughs> of it your economic stability depends on it and a lot of things depend on that so why is it that the first gallery that asks you you should say yes i totally disagree with that uh, so some of these expectations i feel are harmful to us just because of the mystery kind of around them and no one really knowing what's going on like things they never taught us in college yeah yeah it takes such um strength and courage too though to to say no to an opportunity without something else or without a guarantee but really just to stay true to your vision and you know to to have that hope and faith that something better is out there and that just being able to trust in in yourself and your own life trajectory that you know just because something comes up if it doesn't feel like the right time um you know not feeling that pressure to to do it just because it's there but you know believing that there are other things working for you and in your favor outside of that and I mean I I just think about your um, what you said early on about setting intentions and it's it's not arbitrary that those things have now like come into being you know it really does sometimes have to do with just 
creating that expectation and that vision for your life and then believing that that is what's going to happen. And then, you know, opportunities start to unfold or maybe you close the door on other things because it doesn't fit within that vision. It's hard. Like, I feel the expectation, like the pressure is there even when you say no. It's really hard as an artist sometimes to understand where you want to use your voice. Like, this is my voice and I want to use it for myself. I'm already like this weird immigrant woman who's randomly paints in a dress with a very long brush and I have to pick my battles <laughs> so um so sometimes like the decisions are hard like to make but and there's money involved and I don't know it's just like I just kind of want it to be I wanted to always be known for my art before everything else because I feel like especially for us we can get lost like our identity can get lost in the no- in the noise and as artists like our creative expression is such an important is so important you know like how do you give that away i don't know it's confusing yeah i think it's so important that you mentioned that I don't know, you don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. And you you can put those opportunities that come your way through the filter of your values and your goals as a creator. And if it aligns with what you want to do and the direction you want your work to go in, then maybe it's a good fit. And if it doesn't, you don't have to waste your time on it. I mean, I think we also all have different stages in our careers where we kind of say yes to everything. And that's a great learning experience because you learn a lot of things you don't ever want to do again. Um, and you, you know, learn how to set your prices and you learn endurance and communication and all of that. And uh, since you mentioned your painting in a dress with the long paintbrush, um, I wanted to point out I love all of your videos of you painting in the studio. They're so meditative and relaxing and for folks that are listening that have not seen your work uh, where can they find your work online mostly on instagram because that's my most up-to-date and it's on my phone so i i usually you know post something new every few days i confess my website is not up to date i had a collector who wrote to me recently and said have you worked after 2015 (laughs) so don't go to my website But if you really want to, it's my name. You just have to put it in. And then the next show, which is going to be with Debug Gallery, I guess they have a page for me right now. Uh, So you could see some of the newer work there where it'll be more organized and professionally photographed and written about (laughs) as opposed to my Instagram, which is like, have a nice day, everyone. (laughs) So um, yeah, that's, that's that's kind of it right now, yeah. Hiba, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so wonderful to talk with you and I feel like your your spirit just comes through and your philosophy about life and painting is so inspiring and it's been such a joy to talk with you for the podcast. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me. It was so much fun. When are you coming uh, to New York? It was blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when the world opens up again, I'll let you know next time I'm in New York, maybe I can come see your studio come see those big old paintings. Is there anything else before we wrap up the interview that you wanted to share or say? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, like, I wasn't, like, too great with the business part of it. I probably, like, was completely wrong for that. 
aspect of it just because I'm no. I'm not really in that headspace right now and maybe in five years when we do this again and catch up and I'm like so how's it going I'll be like listen let me tell you the business <laughs> this is how yeah. it's done well and maybe that's the wrong word for for it too because I I feel like what we're interested in mostly is just everything that goes on like around and outside of the the studio practice you know so I mean that definitely touches on the business side and you know how people are sustaining themselves in their work but I think it's also everything else you talked about and I again I really love everything you said about intention and you know how you're making decisions and building relationships and how you decide what is right for your life and your values and so I think that's all a part of what it is to be an artist and that's that's really what I think you know we're we try and get at in the heart of the conversation so Again, it was so great to talk with you and this was such a such a wonderful conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and it was so nice to like put faces to the voices that I'm always hearing. First time I heard it was Heather's. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a good friend. We actually live like two blocks from each other here in San Francisco. So we're neighbors too. Nice. I love San Francisco by the way. I yeah. I, I I called the gallery I worked to there last year and I was like is there a residency available? Because <laughs> I need to get out of New York. And they were like, oh, let's see. Yeah, I've only left the city once or twice since this all started. And I'm really, when you were talking about a change of environment with residencies, I was just thinking, man, like my partner and I have been talking about trying to get out of town, just like a retreat somewhere, like working from somewhere else just to be a little bit out in nature and not in our apartment for <laughs> the next six months. Yeah, honestly, so, this yeah. is like yeah, August in New York is so horrible. I was 100% not going to be here. I was going to find a cabin somewhere, hire an Uber and go there and like <laughs> situate myself for two weeks at least and not exist mm-hmm. in the real world. But then I said yes to the show in September. So now I, have, I think I have to get the work done by the 17th. <laughs> so. Oh my God. <laughs> So like I just kind of hit hit deadline again. So I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's Aww. like you you get two weeks of relaxed time or an expedited deadline with a heavy workload. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, and since the intention was that I was gonna have the show in New York, yeah. you gotta follow that. <laughs> I said yes. Let's have two shows within four months because I have nothing else to do in my life. <laughs> Literally, I, I really don't, but that's besides the point. Um, I like to pretend. Yeah. But yeah, it was really great. Thank you so much for, for having me. It was really nice to meet you both. And, you know. Yeah, this has been fun. Yeah, thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the Beyond the Studio podcast. You can find show notes, references, and a brief summary of the episode over at our website, beyondthe.studio. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to find out about upcoming guests, special announcements, and podcast giveaways. When was it that you moved to Brooklyn? Was this for oh, Nicole, your mic is muted. I know oh. that you went to Pratt. Nicole, you're muted. <laughs> Sorry, I muted myself, too, because they're loud fans. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll cut that out. Uh-huh.
sorry, my cat is uh, getting sassy right now. <laughs> 